RC Top 3, a weekly podcast of the top three stories from Regnum Christi. Seven Legionaries of Christ ordained to the Transitional Diaconate. Surrounded by friends, family, and Regnum Christi members of all vocations, seven young men were ordained to the Transitional Diaconate by Bishop Robert McClory on July 31st at Notre Dame Parish in Michigan City, Indiana. All seven of the young men are from the United States, and although their backgrounds and stories are diverse, they are united in their perseverant responses to God's call to the priesthood as a legionary of Christ. They entered their last stage of preparation for priestly ordination by receiving the Sacrament of Holy Orders as transitional deacons, which will be followed by their ordination to the priesthood in 2022. During his homily, Bishop McClory said, Today you give public witness that there is no greater life to give oneself to than to Christ himself. Explaining the role of the deacon in the church, he referred to the first reading of the Mass, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7, which detailed how the early church chose seven men to serve as the first deacons. In closing remarks at the end of the ordination Mass, Father Sean Aaron, L.C., territorial director, thanked Bishop McClory for elevating the newly ordained to the dignity of the diaconate. He reflected that through the bishop, Holy Mother Church has given them weapons and tools to fight a battle that is bigger than they are, and yet the tools and weapons they have been given are greater than the enemy they fight. They are invited to trust and believe in that power. The new deacons are Deacon Robert Antonio, L.C. Seventh in his family, Deacon Robert remembers having the aspiration to become a priest when he was little and says that the priesthood has always been on the radar. He had a wonderful experience of attending Immaculate Conception Apostolic School, as did three of his brothers. His Filipino heritage is close to his heart, providing many fond memories of food and fun. His immigrant father's hard work and perseverance, as well as the way he included Deacon Robert in many special projects, impacted his life tremendously. He loves the beach, swimming, sports, hiking, chess, dominoes, card games, music, and Chopin. As he continues on his journey, he asks, Pray for me and the ministry I am beginning. The journey is just starting. Deacon Robert will be working at Sacred Heart Apostolic School in Rolling Prairie, Indiana. Deacon Eric Burkle, L.C. Deacon Eric originally resolved to give God three months of his life in order to discern the priesthood. He was leaving behind his engineering studies and the thrill of watching football at the University of Alabama. He had the blessing of a wonderful Catholic upbringing alongside his two brothers and two sisters. He reflects, Indeed, God has blessed me and made me incredibly happy. Following Christ is not easy, but if there is one piece of advice that I have tried to follow, it is this. Don't get lost in the day-to-day. Heaven is our goal, so always remember that and keep your ideals high. Christ asks us for everything, but he doesn't necessarily take everything and he always gives us far more in return. Praise him. Deacon Eric will be going to work at the Highland School in Ecuador. Deacon Adrian Lawrence, Elsie. I wanted to be like him. This was the realization that Deacon Adrian had as he first received the call to discern the priesthood at age 11, while at a summer surf camp, inspired by the example of a priest who was funny, pious, reverent, a great preacher, and all-around fun. Born into an international family from Brazil and Mexico, growing up in San Diego, and one of four children, including a brother who was a second-year seminarian with the Legionaries of Christ, he enjoyed traveling with his family and learning Portuguese 
before attending Immaculate Conception Apostolic School in high school. Philosophy has become his focus, and he will begin studies for a doctorate in philosophy in preparation to be a philosophy professor at the Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum. He shares, If you give your life to Christ, he cannot be outdone in generosity. That is definitely my experience. God's plans are far bigger than we can ever dream of. Please pray for me as I begin my service as a deacon and soon to be a priest. I still feel so small before such an awesome gift and responsibility. Through your intercession, may God give me the grace to really configure my life to His and be a channel of His light, life, and grace. Deacon Adrian will return to Rome to study at the Angelicum for his doctor in philosophy as he continues to prepare to be a professor at the Legionary Seminary. Deacon Tamson Nguyen, Elsie. Who am I? What am I doing? Where am I? What time is it? Am I dreaming? This existential crisis in his second year of seminary was brought on by an interruption in REM sleep and the call to adoration, which ultimately helped him know and solidify his understanding of his call to the priesthood. He was raised in Nebraska along with his two sisters. Hard work, tenacity, and faithfulness shaped his youth thanks to the example of his father and that of his two uncles who were priests. At 12 years old, he entered Immaculate Conception Apostolic School in New Hampshire. He loves discovering, exploring, and learning new things, including, as a child, the joys of chocolate milk. Deacon Tampson is adventurous, with a love for flying, skydiving, hiking, martial arts, magic tricks, and people. His advice for others is, be honest, face the truth. Deacon Tampson is going to be working in San Jose, California. Deacon Luke Rowicki, L.C. Christ does not disappoint when he invites us to follow him. He has promised a 100-fold reward to all those who leave everything to follow him. This I have experienced on both a human and supernatural level. Deacon Luke always knew that God had a plan for him, and his parents instilled a strong faith and trust in God in him. Growing up as the third of six children in a family that traveled extensively, he never imagined becoming a priest. Sports and music and architecture, those were his joys. That was until Divine Mercy Sunday in 2009, when he encountered God's mercy in a powerful way and his prayer became focused on learning God's plan for him. A five-day retreat at the Legionaries of Christ's Novitiate and College of Humanities in Cheshire, Connecticut, in the company of the contagious enthusiasm of hundreds of young men who were also seeking God's will, led to his discerning a priestly calling. As a brother, his greatest joy was found in prayer and reflecting on God's mysterious yet palpable presence in his daily life. Deacon Luke is co-host of the podcast TGIFF, Thank God It's First Friday, with Brother Matthew Torrey, L.C. He sums up his experience by saying, God has called me to be a legionary priest, to experience and to share his love and joy. Deacon Luke will spend the next year working in Monterrey, Mexico. Deacon Dane Sherber, L.C. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 3. Deacon Dane's relationship with Christ is down-to-earth, intimate, personal, real, warm, and palpable. Throughout his life, he has experienced being loved by the Lord in spite of his smallness. The second of ten children, raised on a dairy farm in Minnesota, he began his formation with the Legionaries of Christ at age 13, attracted by the way the Legionaries related to Christ. His studies in ministry have taken him to Ireland, Italy, and the Ivory Coast, in addition to the United States. Deacon Dane is the author of three books, 
the primordial father wound, the one thing necessary, and God's poetic path. He says, I consider myself the happiest man alive, as a beloved of the Lord. Pray with me that I may be a holy, humble priest who listens and loves. Deacon Dane now returns to Rome to study for his licentiate in theology while continuing his mission in the Ivory Coast. Deacon John Van Dorp, L.C. The oldest of seven children from Dayton, Ohio, Deacon John acknowledges the blessing of a large Catholic family and their involvement in ECYD and Redmond Christie activities. An awareness of his vocation came after a handshake and an experience of an athletic, normal, and smart legionary priest at a conquest club meeting. He thought, that's all I ever wanted to be without ever knowing it. The more official call came during a guided meditation at his confirmation retreat when he knew he had to begin a serious discernment. He attended the Immaculate Conception Apostolic School in New Hampshire beginning in ninth grade. Working at an apostolic school in Guadalajara, Mexico, was a challenge he welcomed as an opportunity for personal growth, showing him how much more he was capable of doing. He enjoys baseball, hiking, reading, and visiting historical sites. He desires to help young people discover the great plans and joy that God has for them. He advises that, in following your vocation, it's better to trust in God than to try to do it on your own. Deacon John now goes to Atlanta to work with young men and in promoting vocations. The Power of Humility by Father John Bullock, L.C. The English philosopher David Hume declared that humility, among other monkish virtues, serves to no manner or purpose. The German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche believed that humility was among the feigned virtues that the weak use to manipulate the strong, and that it leads to a mediocrity that must be superseded by power and independence. Influenced by these and other thinkers, our society often sees humility as an obstacle to striving for excellence. I cannot do it. I'm no good. Therefore, we must cast off humility as the shackle that restrains us from achieving greatness. Disdained in our current culture, humility has had to practice, well, humility. However, there is power in humility. First, we must distinguish between true and false humility. A false humility does not recognize one's own qualities or achievements. False humility ignores what is good in us due to our insecurity. I have no talent. Our laziness. Pick someone else better than me. Or our vanity. Trying to solicit the contrary compliment. No, the dinner you prepared truly was delicious. False humility is untrue. It is pride that weakens us. It makes us look to ourselves to solve all our problems with no reference to God. It also makes us small and petty with others. We take offense at the most innocuous comments or actions. We miss the simple joys of everyday life. We close in on ourselves and take ourselves too seriously. Authentic humility is rooted in truth. It recognizes that we have real talents and that we have accomplished good things. However, it is also true that we have received those talents and the opportunities to exercise them thanks to God. There is perhaps no better example of humility besides our Lord than the Blessed Mother. Her Magnificat is a poem of gratitude for the innumerable gifts that God has bestowed upon her. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. 
and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his posterity forever. Luke chapter 1, verses 47 to 56. Mary acknowledges that she is highly favored, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. But she immediately gives glory to God, who has done great things for me. This reliance upon God and His goodness reminds Mary that she is not God and that God is in charge. Additionally, Mary's awareness of God's goodness to her allows her to delight exuberantly. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Humility not only recognizes the goodness and generosity of God, but of those around us. In Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis stated that if we meet a truly humble man, we would not so much think of him as humble, but rather as cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. That is because the humble person can forget himself long enough to think of others. There can be no true charity without humility. Humility frees us from becoming too self-obsessed. Chesterton wrote that the angels and the saints can levitate precisely because they take themselves lightly. Humility is powerful because it is freeing. We know we are not God. We do not overly focus on self, either our strengths or our weaknesses. Humility opens us up to seeing the good around us, in God, in nature, and in our neighbor. It helps us see our neighbor's need. We should practice humility more often, especially through the exercise of confident prayer to God and in concrete acts of service to others. Let us ask for the Blessed Mother's intercession that we grow in the virtue of humility, so that like her, our lives may be a song of praise to God. Online Therapist Shares Divine Mercy University's Influence Annalisha DeLillo, a Master of Science and Counseling alumna, shares how her studies at DMU help her bring peace and light to the life of her patients. How has our integration helped you best serve your community and clients? The integration of psychology with philosophy and theology captures the whole person. Not a person presenting a set of symptoms to fit a diagnosis, but rather someone who is a participant in all of human history, past, present, and looking forward to the future and eternity. When you perceive someone as part of a larger whole and have the perspective of eternity for them, you are not merely managing or mitigating symptoms. You are working as an instrument for God to heal them and lead them towards fullness of life. This is the flourishing IPS and DMU speak to, moving patients away from dysfunction and toward peace, out of the darkness and into the light. What are your thoughts on the practicum experience? My practicum was at St. Luke's Fenton House in Maryland, working with patients, adults, male and female, who required 24-hour care, but were not at a level of danger to themselves or others to warrant hospitalization. I have never found anything like St. Luke's in any other state that I have lived or worked in since graduating. It was a truly unique and highly educational experience. I was able to witness severe symptoms across a range of diagnoses, schizophrenia, bipolar, OCD, antisocial personality disorder, and anorexia to name a few. Spend focused individual time with patients, 
and work closely with a psychiatrist on staff to learn about different medications, side effects, and adverse interactions. It was a hugely beneficial experience for me, and I am very grateful for the time I spent there. Who was your favorite faculty member and why? Oh, that is such a hard question. Honestly, they were all really, truly amazing. I'll tell you my top three. Number one, Dr. Hamel. We have an affinity both being from the sovereign state. I found his expertise invaluable, his manner both calm and uncompromising, and his teaching methods clear and thorough. My biggest takeaway from him was to always check biology before leaping to psychology. I cannot tell you how many patients over the years have come to me with depression, anxiety, mood swings, etc., and it turns out they have an untreated thyroid disorder, have recently changed some other medication in their life, and so on. Working with them on symptom management and helping them to work with their doctors to get their physical health on track, rather than immediately labeling them and missing the underlying cause of their distress, has made so much difference in my work with them. 2. Dr. Vitz and Dr. Scrofani are tied for me. Dr. Scrofani's group therapy stands out as one of the most intriguing classes I took while at IPS, but I have all of Vitz's books. I cannot appreciate both of them enough. Since I never lead groups, I'll briefly say something about Dr. Vitz. He gave a lecture on hatred and forgiveness that has not only been valuable in my work with moving patients away from woundedness, victimhood, anger, and hatred, and toward healing, ownership, compassion, and forgiveness, but it has also been something that I constantly refer back to for my own spiritual growth and well-being. He described forgiveness as foregoing your justified right to vengeance in favor of trusting in God to execute justice in perfect accord with mercy so that you can heal and move forward in your life. I found this to be incredibly powerful, and my patients have been empowered by it too. 3. Dr. Robinson. May his soul rest in eternal peace. His classes were mind-boggling. They always felt like being immersed in more knowledge than I could possibly contain, combined with story time with Grandpa. I wish all of his lectures had been recorded, that he had done a series reading and commentating on the Iliad and the Odyssey, and that all the stories he told us were written down. If they had been, I would have listened to his lectures and read the stories every year. He was a brilliant man, a kind and jovial professor, and I am grateful for his life. What course or lesson did you find invaluable in the program? All of them. Actually, though, if I just had to pick one, it would be Father Bartunek's class, which might have been called Integration of Psychology and Spirituality. As a Catholic counselor, you really have to understand and be attuned to the nuances between psychological and emotional symptoms and disorder and spiritual disorder and attack. I can imagine the kind of damage a counselor could do by treating a spiritual issue as a purely psychological issue, or alternatively, by spiritualizing psychological distress. As a Catholic who specifically chose IPS for its integrated Catholic curriculum, this class stands out to me as supremely invaluable. Theology of the body was important too, but I had already gone through that extensively in undergrad, so for me personally, Father Bartuna's class takes the cake. For more resources, visit www.regnumchristi.org or download the Regnum Christi English app today.